Hello. Hey, man. How's it going? It's going pretty good. How you doing? Can't complain. All going well on my end. <laughs> so how was your week? It's been chill, man. I've been taking a little bit of time off just to kind of get everything set up for this trip that I'm taking in two weeks. So I want to okay. make sure everything's all squared away with that. Okay. And where, and where are you heading to? Phoenix, Arizona. Oh, so you're going to do some shoots out there? Yep, there's a, a really big pool of talent out there that, mm-hmm. you know, they have easy access to L.A. and Vegas and all that, but they live in Phoenix, Scottsdale, like that area. So mm-hmm. I figured, you know what, why not just go down there and work with people where they live to that way I don't have to catch them when they're in another city. Yeah, because sometimes it's it's better that way, especially when you're trying to do it with conventions. And a lot of times, sometimes the shoots don't even fall through because they get so damn booked, you know. So, hell yeah, it's better to go to them. (laughs) Yeah, like especially with conventions and all that, man. Whenever you're doing those type of things, you never know what's going to happen. And there could be all sorts of scenarios where people come up and be like, yeah, 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 let's shoot, let's shoot, let's shoot. And then another company comes along and they say, oh, well, come and do two shoots with me on that day and you'll get mm-hmm. more money out of it. Well, you know, mm-hmm. I'm a, I already know that they're going to cancel on me. So, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I, I mean, when I went to Zag in 2019, I had five shoots lined up, only did two. Yeah. That, <laughs> yeah that's exactly how it was with me, too. I had I went in on that Friday, that like early that morning. And mm-hmm. I had a shoot, and everything after that, it was hit or miss. I know I had, like, two shoots planned for that Sunday, and they both mm-hmm. fell through. So, you know, I'm just sitting there yeah, twiddling my thumbs. Yeah, it made no sense. And then, and then the fucked-up part was a female that I wanted to work with, We, she was down to shoot Sunday, but I was leaving Sunday. So it was like, oh, now you want to shoot when I'm about to leave. (laughs) So I totally feel you. So look, let me do my particulars, and then we can get this interview on the road. Okay, sir? All right. Sounds good. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Smokers Lounge here on Anchor, the perfect app for anyone who tried to start their own podcasting career. All you have to do is download the Anchor app on your phone. Or go to anchor.fm, sell a profile, and start podcasting today. And the beauty of it is, it's free, and you get paid immediately because you can monetize your stuff automatically. What's better than that? That's better than Podbean. That's better than Squeaker. So go to anchor.fm or download the Anchor app and start podcasting today. I'm your host, Kevin Arthur Southern Champ, a.k.a. The Porn Rap Star. Y'all know what it is. You want to watch my porn? You want to listen to my music? You want to follow me on social media? Go to allmylinks.com backslash porn rap star and follow the world of the porn rap star. Also, we are sponsored by the Facebook of the LS community. I'm talking about lsworld.com. Go there today. Get yourself a profile. Interact with kink-minded people like yourself. And also find events in your area that you might be able to attend and start your journey into the lifestyle BDSM world. Also, we are a proud member of the GW District Black Podcast Network. I'm talking about close to 20 podcasts that give you the black experience. And plus, while you're there, you can get some shopping done where you have the choice of over 500 black retailers that you can buy from. We're talking about health, beauty, fashion, books, you name it, they got it. So go to shopgwdistrict.com, support black businesses, 
build the black economy so we can create generational wealth for our people. Now I'm going to be quiet and let this man introduce himself. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Peter King. I am male talent and owner of Peter King Productions, pro-am porn company operating out of New York. Pleasure to be here. No doubt, no doubt. Now, you said you was into music before you got into this. Yes, sir, that is correct. I was a rapper myself. Um, Okay. I was working in the music industry since I was young, 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 about like 11, 12 years old. And I mean, Mm -hmm. you as a hip hop artist yourself, I'm sure you understand what it's like uh, in those initial early stages to come up and it starts off, you're just in parks or you at the Mm -hmm. lunch table and you siphon and just kind of running with the people around you. And, you know, then if you start to take it serious, you find yourself in studios and on stage Mm -hmm. and doing tours and, the whole, mm-hmm. the whole experience. So, so basically, you were full fledged. Did you ever get a deal, or you were just pretty independent? Uh, in the beginning, I was offered a couple contracts, but none of them appealed to me. None of them, and I was getting contracts offered to me from pretty sizable labels at the time. But mm-hmm. just the wording and the way that they wanted me to go about doing my business, I wasn't with mm-hmm. it. So I decided to stay independent. Yeah, okay, because I remember uh, I had opportunity. I had Def Jam looking at me and Nelly's label looking at me, but both didn't fall through. So, so with with you doing the music, um, what made you transition to porn? Uh, it wasn't just a one to one thing where I woke up one day and I said, "Oh man, fuck this music shit. I'm gonna just do porn." <laughs> uh, but. You know, I was working in the industry for a while, and I was recording, I was writing, I was on tour, and after I put out my my last album, I decided, you know what, I'm going to take a step back and just focus on being an engineer, focus on engineering. And I did that for, you know, a couple years, but after I graduated uh, with a degree of audio engineering, I decided, this is cool and all, but... It's just super, super competitive. The job market is crazy. Mm. And I kind of, at the same time, fell into porn mostly by accident. So I decided, you know what, let me just pivot away from doing Mm -hmm. engineering and now focus on doing porn primarily. So how did did you fall uh, into porn by accident? I'm curious. Well, it's one of those things where, you know, at some point, I'm sure everybody has the idea in their head when they're with their girl or whoever it is, they say, I'm, let's make a movie. You know, yeah. let, let's just, let's just put something out. And I met this girl and we were talking about it. And she said, yeah, I think it would be really hot if you filmed us while we were fucking. Mm-hmm. So I filmed it and I asked her, can I put this up on Pornhub? And she said, yeah, sure. That's okay. And mm-hmm. I put it up and then I just seen, I think we like popped off and got like 300,000 views within a week or something. Mm-hmm. And that just got me thinking, like, damn, you know, if I would have taken the steps and taken the time to monetize this, that would have been <clears throat> money in my pocket. Mm-hmm. And that's when it turned from, oh, this is just a fun little thing that me and you could do to, hold on, we could actually make make something out of this. We can make mm-hmm. a career out of this. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, um, as that progressed, when did you start working with other talents? Uh, it was pretty, pretty quick. I met other producers in the area first and I got hired as male talent by 
my man Rick Nasty up here. And Rick that Nasty was... to everybody, though. He's the man of that bitch. Oh, yeah. Like, Rick, between Rick Nasty and Mike Dirty, those are the kings in New York porn right there. Yeah. Like, I, yes, I know I'm in New York porn. I do my own thing. But at the same time, you have to step back and pay homage to the people who paved the way before you. Mm-hmm. And those two gentlemen have been, have had this whole shit on lock since like 2005. Yeah. Question. Yeah. So I got my first like male talent opportunity through Rick. He put me on, uh, you know, just gave me, gave me game, gave me advice. Just mm-hmm. told me a little bit about how to run the, how to run a porn business, how to get started, what to do. And mm-hmm. from there I started reaching out to other talent and, you know, in business, you got to spend money to make money. Yeah. And the sooner that you come to that realization, the easier it's going to be for you. So I had a little bit of savings set aside and I said, you know mm-hmm. what, I'm going to take this. I'm going to invest it. And that's what I did. Mm-hmm. And see, that's the thing I think a lot of cats do not understand coming into the game. You have to spend money wherever it is. You have to pay for that first shoot or you have to pay for that girl's travel or pay your way to go shoot with her. You know, and not only that, but also uh, camera equipment and the whole nine. So, with knowing that, um, how did you approach your first models for shoots? Uh, you know, the same way that I would approach an artist that I wanted to collaborate with, like a bigger artist that I wanted to collaborate with when I was doing music. Just mm-hmm. reach out through the booking email uh, as professional as possible. Just mm-hmm. a quick introduction about myself. My name's Peter. Here's where I'm from. Here are my websites. Here's my social media. I'd be interested in booking you. Please let mm-hmm. me know your boy girl rates and availability. Mm-hmm. And now why now why is it important to list your you, you know what I'm saying, your work as well as your sites and the whole nine to these ladies so people can understand why? So when you're just a guy when you're uh, just a person in who's claiming to be a porn star, claiming to own a porn company, you and I both know, and especially the ladies know, that mm-hmm. the majority of the time it's just cat. It's just yeah. guys who are just saying it and have no credibility, have no establishment. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of times it's just Johns and clients who mm-hmm. think, oh, you know, if I tell her I'm a porn star, then she'll get porn star rates instead of escort rates. And then I get to film it too. So mm-hmm. it's important to show everyone, look, I'm credible. I've worked with other people before. Uh, I have a good image. I have a good reputation in the industry because without that, you know, why should she trust you? Why should she put her safety and her money in your hands? If you can't prove that you're a reliable individual. Yeah, because see, a lot of times, a, a lot of guys get in this business, business for the pussy. That's a fact. And, and that's why I tell guys, you have to differentiate yourself and separate yourself from those guys. And the more professional you are when you step in that email, that first initial email, the more chances and better your chances of possibly getting a positive result and, and get a possible shoot. Exactly. Like there's, you just have to, it's the same because remember a lot of people, I guess they feel like since this is the sex industry that they Mm -hmm. don't have to treat it like it's any other kind of business. Yeah. But how would you feel if you know you're, you're a manager at Walmart or McDonald's or a hiring manager at one of these places 
and somebody comes up to you for an interview and they just talking about, yeah, I want to work in this bitch. You know, I feel like I got skills and shit. You know, I've been doing this shit mm-hmm. for a long time. Like you, you would not hire that person. No. Just based on the way that they're approaching you in an unprofessional manner. So mm-hmm. porn is no different. You have to keep a level of professionalism at all times. Yes. Now, being a man, I never asked no guy this. Tell, because I know you talk to females and you probably had a discussion on how they pick guys versus how we pick females. Please explain to people the differences of how we pick our females versus how they pick their men. So essentially, when I'm going out and I'm deciding what models I want to book, uh, I'm not thinking with my dick. I'm not thinking about it from the perspective of, oh, you know, who, who's who's the hottest girl that I could that I could put money down for and that I could fuck because it's not about me. It's not about Mm -hmm. my pleasure. It's about what is my fan base going to enjoy? What are the people who buy my videos and the people who subscribe to my website? What did they want to see? So I go into it with that mentality, just with the, okay, so, you know, these girls sold really well for me and were very well received. This girl looks very similar and has a similar personality type and performs mm-hmm. similarly on camera to them. So mm-hmm. let me go ahead and reach out to her. Yeah. Whereas with girls, it's more so about reliability, I think. Mm-hmm. Where, you know, they it doesn't matter what you look like as a man necessarily. Like you could be the perfect looking guy, completely cut up, shredded, muscular, whatever. But if you mm. can't keep your shit hard for the duration of a shoot and yeah. then pop at the end, you're mm. useless. Like that. And, it, and then, too, they pick a lot of their guys for their content because of fuckability. Me and I would want to fuck them. While us, it's more of a logical business approach. There's more of emotional. I mean, I, I'm sure in some cases that that's true. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've been told... I've been told from both perspectives where it's been, Mm -hmm. yeah, you know, I just kind of wanted to fuck them. So that's what I did. And I, I know a handful of talent who are like that, where they have no interest in taking bookings from a company. Mm -hmm. They have no interest in working with a production company because there's that chance that they're going to be paired up with a talent that they're not personally attracted to. Mm -hmm. So does that make them less professional or is just a different lane? I think it's just a different lane. Um, you know, it all, I think professionalism mainly comes in the approach. So I reach out to you and you tell me, oh, you know, I don't really like you. Like, I don't want to fuck you. So I'm not going to I'm not going to do anything. That to me is unprofessional. And that's how yes. you're going to severely hinder your business. Mm-hmm. But if you just say something along the lines of, oh, um, I'm only shooting from within a particular talent pool at this time. I'll reach out to you if anything changes. That's yeah. you sticking in your own lane. And if that's making yeah. you money and that's bringing you success, yeah. more power to you. And see, I'm glad you said that because what a lot of girls don't understand it's not about how you say yes, it's how you say no. <laughs> and Very girls much. take that because they don't realize we talk to each other. And the one thing that one thing that every male talent, every male producer says, we don't want a problematic bitch. And, and the way you say no is telltale of how problematic you are going to be on set. And I've, I mean, you're you're right. I, I've had even even in the way that some some people say yes, 
where, yeah. you know, I've been asked for, you know, some pretty ridiculous things where, mm-hmm. oh, I want all of my booking fee up front and I want my travel paid for and my accommodations paid for. And when you are approaching with that kind of, it's all about me, 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 me. Yeah. I already know that I'm not going to have a good shoot with you and yeah. there's going to be dramatics on set. And yeah. I'm one of those producers that I'm not, I'm not with the dramatics. Like I will, if you step onto my set and you're just giving me nothing but problems and this is an issue and that's an issue, I'll gladly pay your kill fee and send you on your way. See, and see, that's one thing I said about us as men. We don't have a voice in the industry like we should, because when we speak our mind or speak our professionalism, or try to keep it professional. We're assholes. We're narcissistic. We get dragged on Twitter. You know what I'm saying? That's the main reason why I did this podcast and I like guys on you to come on here so we can tell them, look, we go through it too. Don't think you're the only people that walk on set with PSD. Because we deal with past models' attitudes. We deal with this. We deal with that. Flakes, the whole nine. We lost money in this business before. And a lot of girls do not take that into account when they do talk to us. And that's something that I very firm, like the issue of deposits. You know, I've had models yeah. run off with deposits before. Yeah. It's, it happens. And that's why there was a, a period of time in which it happened to me like three times within a two month period. And that's mm-hmm. when I made the executive decision of I'm not paying deposits anymore. Oh, I never and, paid deposits. <laughs> and then I would have uh, models who would tell me, oh, well, you know, that's very unprofessional of you. You know, I, I dem- like I'm not going to show up to your set if you don't pay a deposit. And like, all right, then, you know, we don't have to work together in that case. Yeah. But see, what girls don't understand is so people can understand where the deposit comes from. There's an escort money making tactic. The deposit was for if a guy booked more than two hours and you ask for a deposit to save his time. Why? Because especially if he's booking for more than two hours, because that means you might miss two hour calls within the three to four hours that you with him. You might miss money. So waiting for him, he pays the deposit to hold his spot and then he pays you the rest when he walks in the door. Girls got the business and start using deposit in porn. There's never been a deposit in porn. We do not pay you before the shoot. We pay you after the shoot once the director says cut and the man to bust his nut. And that's something that I had to learn, you know, as you know, when whenever you start any type of business in any type of industry, there's you make mistakes, you learn as you go on. And the mm-hmm. whole deposit thing, that's just something that I had to get burned on a handful yeah. of times. And then I learned. And now that's not a mistake that I make anymore. Mm-hmm. And at this point in my career, I have enough references. I have enough producers and talent and mm-hmm. everyone else in the industry who knows who I am. So if there's any question about whether or not am I even going to show up, am I even going to do the shoot with you, you could ask any one of them and they'll all tell you exactly the type of experience they had with me. But, you know, as far as giving you money for literally nothing and just hoping that you pick up the phone the day that I need you there, I'm, I'm no. over that. <laughs> no, no. I, I had so many girls say, well, I got to pay a deposit. One girl would say, you know, you paid me this deposit, we can shoot all day. I was like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> because I'm sorry. It's, it's 
Me dealing in the world of the escort world, from dealing with escorts, I've seen guys pay deposits, girls didn't show up. And, and also times where I even played for plane tickets and girls didn't show up. Bus tickets, girls didn't show up. So whenever we actually do something for ladies, we're taking a chance big time. And ladies don't take the same chances as we do. And I think that's why I personally feel certain levels of frustration when it comes to certain aspects of the industry where, you know, you get accused of unprofessional conduct or you you're being told that you're being cheap and you're not being reasonable when, you know, I'm the type of person I will definitely work within whatever boundaries and everything that you set up and everything that you want to do beforehand. But I have limits. I'm not going to give you your full fee up front. I'm not going to, like, I will pay for travel. Don't get me wrong. I'll I'll handle that. That's no issue for me. But I'm going to need some kind of assurance that you're actually going to come through. And there have been times where I've bought train tickets, you know, $80, $100 Amtrak tickets that Mm. just go to waste. And like I said, women don't spend a dime to come, a dime to stay. And what's funny is I, I hear chicks say, well, my hair, my makeup, and this and that. I'm like, that's maintenance for you. That shit that you do on your own. If that's the case, we can sit here and complain about the, the haircuts that we got to get. <laughs> Your haircuts ain't cheap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We got to get outfits. We got to pay for the hotel. We got to pay for the equipment because a lot of times the girls don't have equipment. We got to pay for their travel if they, if they have to have travel. And like I said, and then God forbid if they escort and they work out of the room, they get to make money while spending any money. You know what and I'm saying? That's another reason why I'm not one who's going to pay for testing for yeah. a model. Yeah. You know, if you're going, if you're taking the time to get tested, I'm not going to be the only per- person that you're shooting with on that test. Yeah. So why is it now my full responsibility to cover that cost for you mm-hmm. if there's going to be three, four, maybe even more other talent or producers who are going to work with you while that test is valid? Mm-hmm. That's just I, I think part of it does come back to business as a whole. Um, mm-hmm. When you are an escort, when you are a female talent, when you're a male talent, hell, when you're a male escort, it doesn't matter. All that matters is that if you're using your body to make money, and that's in any way, if you're an actor, if you're an athlete, if you're using your body to make money, then that self-contained entity of yourself is a business. And businesses need – have expenses. They just have expenses. It doesn't matter if you own a brick-and-mortar store and you got to pay for gas, plumbing, electricity – Those are the expenses of that business. But when you are making money with your body, things like hygiene, making sure that your beard is trimmed, your hair is done, nails, makeup, whatever it is that you got to get taken care of, that's an Mm -hmm. expense. Mm -hmm. You're testing. That's an expense. expense. This is all just the cost of doing business and trying to pass those costs off to other people 
is a very easy way for people to just want to wash their hands of the whole situation and say, you know what, I don't really want to go through the hassle. I don't really want to go through the headache. You could do whatever it is you want to do, but it's just not going to be with me. See, yes, <laughs> most definitely. Which is interesting to segue to something that you said. When we all said, I always said this, men has, a lot of men has, don't have the courage to talk about their boundaries with the lady before a shoot. Um, speak to the importance of men speaking about their boundaries to, a, to, to, to their female counterpart when they're about to shoot, the importance of it. Uh, you know, that's something that, for one, it's the one thing that's going to make shoots go smoothly. You want to make sure that everyone is comfortable, even if the people don't have chemistry, just yeah. feeling like they could be comfortable with each other is the most yeah. important thing. And, you know, consent violation could very easily go both ways. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're in a scenario where you're doing a rimming scene, let's say, mm-hmm. and the, the girl is rimming you, and she just tries to stick a finger in your ass. If you didn't speak about that beforehand, like right there is the moment to just speak up and say, hey, you know, that's not something I'm comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And having her disregard that, that should come with the same blacklisting and consequences that Mm -hmm. if she told a man, don't put anything in my ass and he tries to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. I think it it just comes to a matter of accountability. Everybody needs to be held accountable for their actions, male, female, whatever. And mm-hmm. if you're doing things to violate another person's safety and consent, then you don't have a place in this industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like men, we get because I, like I sit back and I watch how producers as well as male talent, we get dragged and embarrassed on Twitter by female talent. And They'll believe anything that the female talent would say. Period. And it hurt our business for a minute. But what I love is when people find out that, that female talent wasn't what she says. But speak to how people automatically gravitate to what females say about us versus then just looking at our reputation and our work and going off of that. You know, that's one of those really difficult things to speak on mainly due to the fact that it does go both ways and a lot of people don't recognize or realize the fact that it goes both ways uh but at the same time you know i i will be the first to say that it's disproportionate there are definitely more dudes out there who are trying to do um non-consensual things with a performer of trying to get a girl to do something off camera uh, mm-hmm. Trying to like talk a girl into doing something that she doesn't want to do for more money, and mm-hmm. I think a lot of this comes from uh, not realizing what goes on behind the scenes. So you okay. look at those casting sites, um, like public agent and stuff like that. Cool mm-hmm. sites, I rock with them. I like what they do. However, you know, you see in those videos where the guy is saying, "Oh, I'll give you another." 200 euro for anal and the Mm. girl is hesitant she feels like she doesn't want to do it and he goes Mm -hmm. oh come on okay then 300 euro and then she finally gives in and says okay fine a little bit for 300 euro but what they don't understand is that that was already that's acting that was negotiated beforehand 
hey, we're mm. going to do anal in this scene, and this is how we're going to lead up to it. I'm going to offer you more money. You're going to say no, and then yes. And so I feel like a lot of guys just look at that and think that it's absolute truth, that it's not mm. acting. Mm. And, you know, there there's definitely a lot but of see, instances. But see, also, I think it's also the gatekeeping is gone in this business. Now, I don't know how long you have been in the business, but this is what I was telling people. It used to be a time with girls when they came into business, they went and looked for a producer. Male talents got the business and went looking for a producer. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah. So you kind of had somebody that could watch who comes in and out the business to a certain extent, especially on the major level, because nowadays more normalized, OnlyFans, we can do it on our cell phones. Now anybody's able to get into it. And do you think that kind of, how can I put it, the gift and the curse of the age of the content career, do you think that's part of the reason why these females run into these type guys? Absolutely, because, you know, like you said, it's just so accessible now. Even I got into the industry just off my, yeah. my cell phone at first. So, yeah, there's obviously the gift <laughs> of sometimes you're going to get good professional people who are going to start off with what they have. And mm-hmm. what they have isn't a lot. It's a phone, maybe mm-hmm. a DSLR or something. And then they elevate and they work their way up. as they See, that's why I'm jealous of y'all generation. And <laughs> let me tell you this. I showed a chick that was a mainstream porn star from California the digital camera. Then when the first ones came out now, when you can record video and do picture and you put the SD card in. She looked at me like I was stupid. <laughs> so I can imagine if I pulled out a cell phone. You get what I'm coming from? So it's kind of like the way, even with because, how can I put this? I was like you. I would just come out of music and I started dibbling, dabbling in the adult industry, and I eventually got in it. You feel what I'm saying? But the way that y'all are able to get into it is way easier than us because a lot of the stuff has been set up. And plus, the cell phone, it's kind of crazy. It, trust me, I cringe when I see cell phone videos. That's just me because I'm old school. <laughs> well, I mean, the, everything you've said is exactly identical. And this is why I feel like people who do yeah. music first are yeah. really a, a little more adept and a little more prepared to do porn because with everything that's come out since like 2000, 2001, mm-hmm. where prior to that, there was no home studio. There was no yeah. mic you could just plug into your computer at home. Mm-hmm. You had to go to a studio and you had to pay that $250, $300 an hour. Yes, Lord. And then you had to pay the engineer. And then you had to go to distribution. And then you had to hit the streets with your mixtape, with your album, whatever it is that you had. CD. On CD, there was no, you know, there was no digital distribution. There was no SoundCloud. There was not even a MySpace at the time. Yeah. And I feel like that compared to how it is now, where all you have to do is spend a hundred bucks, if that. And you could get a free program on your computer, you know, an Audacity, a GarageBand, Pro Tools mm. first. Mm-hmm. Um, get a little Mbox, get a little USB mic, and that's it. You know, you could yeah. you could set up and you could record your mixtape or your album, the comfort of your own home. Yeah. But it comes with the same problem of if 
anybody can do it, it's going to lead to oversaturation. And with oversaturation, get quality goes down. Quality goes way down. And it's the yeah. same with a lot of these guys who, yeah, their dicks stay hard and they can perform for hours and hours when it's, mm-hmm. when there's nobody in the room but their girlfriend and their cell phone. Mm-hmm. But now let's put you in a professional setting. Let's put you under some beaming, bacon-hot lights for a couple of hours. <laughs> let's put you with a 55-year-old man who's right, right next to you shoving a camera right where your meat is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And let's see if it's a one-to-one translation. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so- it's, it's the same with music. When you just come out and no one is, I'll use that same term that you did, gatekeeping the industry. Mm-hmm. And there's no one around there to critique your work and tell you, hey, your flow is really not that good on this. Hey, the mm-hmm. lyrics could use some tightening up. You, mm-hmm. Your compression is off. Your EQ is off. When there's no one around to do that and there's no one around to allow people to stagger into the industry and learn things, but instead, all right, here's a full 50-track mixtape, and I'm going to throw it up on YouTube and DatPiff and SoundCloud. Now it's an oversaturated industry, and you got people who really shouldn't be making music making Make music. It. Yeah, see, good night, bruh. I like you, man. <laughs> God day, bruh. Shoot, people. Now, with that being said, hold on, because I always said this. Please explain to everybody how much porn is like the music industry. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people don't understand, I keep saying the game is the same, it's just different product. Absolutely. So, I, I make this comparison constantly. When you are an independent artist, you have your product. You have your mixtape, you have your album, EP, whatever it is that you have that you put your own money into and created for yourself. Problem is you are now competing against larger independent artists, independent labels, mainstream labels, and you're trying to get your product into the homes of as many people as possible while competing with these companies that have more money than you, more resources than you. And porn is the exact same way. When you're a pro-am company like myself, you know, you have all this competition that is shooting with $15,000 camcorders and these beautiful rented mansions. Whereas people like me, you know, we have our DSLRs or our camcorders and we're shooting out of hotels. Mm-hmm. We don't have a crew. We don't have a sound Mm -hmm. crew. We don't have a lighting crew. Mm -hmm. It's just usually one, maybe two other people there to assist with that. Mm -hmm. And we're fighting this uphill battle of not getting the same level of promotion, not having the money to acquire the same level of promotion. Mm -hmm. And you have to really think the same, the exact same way. How can I, with my limited resources, create a competitive product that people will watch and listen to and enjoy over anything else that's already out there. And you have to find your niche, whether you're a rapper, whether you're an R&B singer, whether you're a porn star, 
You need a niche that is going to make people want to pay attention to what you're doing. Bottom line. God, this is the best interview. <laughs> Bar none. I'm saying it. Oh, God, this is, is shit. Because right now, my mind being blown. Because it's funny as fuck. Because, like I said, me. But, because I talked to seven. Uh, God, what's his name? Seven, seven, eighteen. Burke, connect with him. If you go out west coast, connect with him. Camera guy. I, I, I look him up online. He did music. He's a camera guy. He, yeah, me and him chopped it up on down his interview and stuff. But yeah, because to me, when I looked at it, when I got into this business, I said, even well, actually, if you want to be honest, me, it was more of a switch. It was. I came back to the music after I did the porn. And I saw music became porn as far as how you made your money. Streaming. Downloads. Everything. And 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 I tell people, porn was the prerequisite to how music is making its money today. To how these streaming services are making their money today. Because they were the first one that gave content creators the opportunity to make and generate income. And People, because people talk shit about Sukihana, but she makes more money doing porn than she do rapping. And people don't get that. People don't get that. The other thing about how it all kind of ties together, too, is you're right. You know, music kind of followed that blueprint of porn. And a lot of the challenges that porn is currently facing is something that was plaguing the music industry, the things Mm -hmm. like piracy. Mm-hmm. Piracy is rampant, rampant in porn. Yeah. So what was the solution that the music industry had? Because I'm sure you remember the early days, 05, 06, of things like LimeWire, Napster. Yeah. Where yeah. the piracy of the music industry was crazy. They found a yeah. way to combat that yeah. by using things like digital fingerprinting, by uh, making deals with of copywriters and trademark officers and Mm -hmm. now it's so much easier and more reliable for you to pay your 10 bucks a month to stream on spotify yeah than it is to try to go and pirate music anymore and also the other thing we speak to is because you still do your music right yeah i still fuck with it sometimes Okay, okay. Explain to everybody the, per- the, the the importance of having your stuff on all platforms because that's another thing that I learned from being in the music industry that I brought to porn. So when I first started making music, the only real platform, the only real online platform for people to really showcase their music was MySpace. Mm-hmm. Like that's how far back it goes. Like early yeah. MySpace. Yeah. Early MySpace was like the 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 best music sharing platform because mm-hmm. you could in a way force people to listen to your music that shit mm-hmm. was just autoplay when someone went on your page yeah so you just put your own joint on there and then people click on it and they will go reading through your page and whatnot and th- your song will be playing the whole time and then they would make the decision right there whether or not they fuck with it but the important thing is they were able to hear it you got mm-hmm. it you got it out there to an audience. And you know, after that, there were a bunch of others that came up. Uh SoundCloud mm-hmm. was like the next big thing. Uh Google videos, which eventually just kind of turned into YouTube when Google bought YouTube. Um Datpiff for mixtapes. Uh, 
radio station. Yeah, I got my makeup on that, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Frank Matthews music, but go ahead. Uh, thing, things like that, Piff, uh, Hip Hop DX, just like trying to get your music on as many places as possible because mm-hmm. you never know when, where the fan base is going to be. I had yeah. no idea that I had a ton of fans in Germany and Japan until yeah. I reached out to bloggers and uh, YouTube content creators and music reviewers and people who had fan bases in those countries, and they mm. told me, oh, yeah, people love your shit over here. Like, what? <laughs> see, cause see, I'm going to tell you what, what, what ladies don't take into account, and even some guys, like, for example, everyone talk about OnlyFans. OnlyFans is hot in the United States. Let's make that clear. Europe could sell this shit with and Frisk VP. I think what um, also in the Middle East could sell pretty much the hottest shit around the world. Many vids are strong in Canada, the United States, I could say Mexico, and in the South America area. So a lot of people don't even pay attention to just that little tidbit. You know, period to with the, to to the different sites because each site brings his his own traffic, and certain sites you can actually have people just bump into your shit versus with OnlyFans you don't get that advantage with OnlyFans of someone just having to bump across your shit. Yeah, you have to like very aggressively promote that OnlyFans. Yeah, and you know, there's a lot of platforms that. I personally am not a fan of. Like, I don't like OnlyFans. I don't think it's an intuitive platform. I don't think it's a good platform. But that's what's hot right now. So you know what? That's where I'm going to be working to kind of put some of my stuff. But I'll tell Mm -hmm. you one thing for sure. I am absolutely not putting all my eggs in the OnlyFans basket. (laughs) So, so you know, you now, now you know what they, uh, they, they, they looking to start taking sex workers down. Yeah, I, I, I did see that. Things where it's like, you know, sort of coming. That's something mm-hmm. that has that's been prevalent on a lot of yeah. And you, yeah. even the ones that are continuing to maintain the presence of sex workers, like yeah. want clips, like clips for they're yeah. now starting to erode some of that content away. Oh, now all of a sudden you can't use certain keywords anymore. And they just kind of push and push and push. You know, the platform shuts itself down. Mm-hmm. But see, that's the reason why I'm telling people it's heading back to um, a standalone site. It's heading back to that. Is because the reason why is because of that. Because even when I think about this for a second, as a producer that been doing this 20 years, there's certain ID pictures I'm not going to be able to get to. Like, like for example, I know they want you now to have the ID you holding it beside your face. So I'm supposed to find a girl that I ain't seen in 10 years, I ain't talked to in 10 years, I don't know if she's living or breathing to ask her to take a picture with her ID holding next to her face. So it's like they're making it harder for the content creator and adult film to really get money and put their content up. Hello? 
Hello? Hello? Lost you there for a sec. I don't know what that was. Yeah, now, I would talk. I couldn't hear you. And then <laughs> I couldn't I, hear I, you. I did hear everything that you said, though. And, you know, I'm just going to jump back into it. Um, Go ahead. A lot of what these sites are doing now is primarily anti-producer as yeah. opposed to, like, everything else. Like, this is, you know, in favor of solo creators, which, you know, good for them. Uh, continue to get mm-hmm. your bag, continue to make your money, do what it is, do whatever it is that you're doing, and I appreciate mm-hmm. it. However, you know, people, the majority of people want to see more than that. They want yeah. to see a production company that is able to get a different person every week. And like you were saying, you know, there I've only been doing porn for like three years, but even within this short period of time, I know for a fact, especially that first year that I started, just mm-hmm. without even thinking about it, I know two girls that I don't have an an address, I don't have a phone number, I don't have an email, I don't have any means of contacting them. Yeah. If I want to get those IDs. Like, I have pictures of their IDs, but now another site's going to come back to me and say, oh no, that's not good enough. And the 2257 forms that they signed aren't good enough. What we actually need is the ID next to their face. You know, nobody mm-hmm. was doing that three years Period. ago. So I'm not going to have that. Yeah, because it seems like to me that's they're trying to make it like more webcamish than porn. Right. To and, me, you know, there there's plenty of sites which offer that. You know, yeah. my free cams, like all those type of sites, Chatterbait. If that's the type of thing that people want, that's where they already go for it. Trying yeah. to now turn OnlyFans and ManyVids into, oh no, we're pivoting towards live streaming. You're just going to lose out to the companies who have already come here, already established themselves, and already have built-in user bases. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I keep saying is, he who does it all make the most money. Yeah. It's as simple you- as that. And, you know, that also what you had had mentioned about things just coming back to the free, no, not the free, to the, to the website, to the yeah. individual personal website. I agree with that, too, um, because we are now coming in an age where people have very specific wants. They know exactly mm-hmm. what they want out of their porn. They know exactly what type of fetish they have, and they know what they want to cater to. So let's say I make that, uh, whatever fetish that is. But then all the big platforms, I want clips, clips for sale, many vids. They come around and say, no, I'm not going to host that anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, if you still want that content, the only choice you have now is my website. Yeah. See, that's why I tell people you have to be able to adapt to the business, and the business changes rapidly within months. Because even to the point that I, a lot of people didn't even know that eventually Twitter is about to offer the super follow, where you can put content on Twitter. So that's going to be interesting how that's going to change the game if that actually go down. Yeah, and it's just going to have to be a matter of looking, at least examine the platform. Like, I've examined you know, no, no slight to them just for fans. And 
from me, from my perspective, from what I do in my business, it doesn't seem yeah. to work for me. Yeah. But there are other uh, other talent, other producers where it works perfectly fine for them. But you're mm-hmm. not going to know unless you put in the effort to look and research mm-hmm. and attempt to figure it out. Again, mm-hmm. it's the same as music. If mm-hmm. if you're a very visual type of artist and your your visual style in terms of what you could do in a music video is going to be your strongest suit. Then maybe putting all your eggs into the SoundCloud basket, which is just an audio platform, mm-hmm. isn't really going to be it for you. Mm-hmm. But see, to me, in the porn business, you have to put your stuff on as many platforms as possible because of the different traffic and we're in the micro age. Exactly. We're in the micro the microwave age. Cause it, it's like so many people dropping shit. Cause I even thought about when I sit there and look at like X-Biz. It used to be used to hear about the porn releases. And it was big. Now you don't hear porn releases at all. It's like <laughs> for real. You know, period. It's like why they even give the AVNs any goddamn more. What 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 y'all basically talking about scenes, not DVDs anymore. Same thing with music. People talk more about singles than albums. Right, like a, a whole project. And even like the age of the DVD. You know, yeah. I'm, I live in New York where there's still DVD stores, surprisingly mm-hmm. enough. But they don't have shelves lined with the hottest new releases from Vixen or whoever else. They maybe have yeah. one or two, but for the most part, it's just older stuff. Older stuff and yeah. local stuff. Yeah. And it's like it, it, like I said, porn became very strong with the content creator, but I think what is being lost is the porn star because it, it seems people don't want to be a porn star anymore or be considered one. I think people in this day and age are just they just want to be involved, and you know, I'm gonna keep bringing up music because it, it yeah. keeps being in Bring parallel, yes. Uh, you know, I'm sure you as a as an artist, when you would go into the studio, you would have a, the person who would always want to be in the studio with the crew. There would always be that person who wanted to be there. He didn't rap. He didn't produce. He didn't sing. He didn't write. He didn't do shit, but he just wanted to hang around. And he wanted to pop up in the back of the music videos, and he wanted to be in the recording sessions. Those mm-hmm. are the people who, back in the studio days, you know, they were just, they were just the herbs of the crew. It would just be like, mm-hmm. "Yo, can you run to the store and get me Gatorade and the Dutch Master, please?" But nowadays, hey. they're the ones who say, "Oh, well, all I have to do is spend a hundred dollars and a, and get a mic, and then just like that, I'm gonna be in." Mm-hmm. So now it's the same people who. Or like that for porn, where they were fans. And in this day and age, I feel like people don't think that it's okay to just be a fan of something without nah. having to be involved in it. But nah. that's okay. That's cool. It's cool to just like something for what it is. You don't mm-hmm. have to be involved in it. You don't have to be a member of it. You don't have to participate in it. It's cool for you to just buy stuff and enjoy it and leave it at that. But a lot of these new quote-unquote content creators and porn stars don't think that way. They think like, oh, you know, 
I could probably fuck her better than he's fucking her. Why can't I do this shit? I could stay I'm hard. Gonna you, I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why. It began with Kim Kardashian and Ray J. Mm. It, it moved to your girl from loving hip-hop. Then we had Sukihana who came into the business and she started doing it. Jimmy Smack, the girls that are sitting here posting all the posting how much money they make on OnlyFans. Once again, when porn became normalized, we lost a lot of shit that made porn great. Because we made it seem Mrs. Stone ain't that special. Sarah J ain't that special. You get what I'm saying? If 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 you got podcasters talking about Miss B Nasty in the same sentence as Missy Stone, which you would never have back in the day, because you would never had Buffy the Boss speaking in the same sentence as that of Pinky. And you know I ain't lying about that. <laughs> Tell me if I'm lying. I, I look, I'm just from the from the perspective. <laughs> Stop playing with me, goddamn! Go ahead, dog. Go ahead. From from the perspective I'm seeing, it's just like like you said, like it's just become more normalized. And when the era of the big production, the big VHS, the big DVD production stopped, and it became more about home movies. And you know, even before uh, Ray J and Kim K, there was yeah. Pamela and Tommy Lee. Yeah. So there's always been but, that kind of a But I think Ray J and, and Kim Kardashian was big because Vivid bought it. Yeah, and that was also big because that happened more so in the streaming age than uh, Pamela mm-hmm. Anderson and Tommy Lee. Yeah, because I think when Vivid did that, it was a sign that, in my opinion, you're saying the porn we putting out ain't good enough. I got to buy this. Yeah, just because this is the hot topic, this is the new thing, and, you know, who gives a shit if the production quality isn't anywhere near what you would get from an actual company? People want to see it. It's hot right now, so I'm buying it, and I'm going to put it out. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Man, look, look, look. I'm going to have to bring you back, because I see we're going to be talking about more than porn this time I come back, when you come back. Yeah, I, I, I definitely that, that, want to come back. We definitely got a lot more to speak about, for sure. Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. So tell everybody where they can find you, man. All right. So I got websites. I got peterskingdom.com. That is all HD and 4K casting, the hottest new talent. Uh, I got rawwhitemeat.com. That is all interracial. Um, you know, I don't think there's enough interracial representation in porn in the way mm-hmm. that I'm doing it. Uh, mm. more black women, more Asian women, more Latino oh, women. Oh, oh, we go talk about that. Yeah, go go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> and go you ahead. can find all that on rawwhitemeat.com. Uh, I got passionsonly.com, new project that's dropping very soon. Uh, and that's going to be more so for, all right, you don't want to see that hardcore gonzo just <laughs> fucking like crazy. You want to see some pussy eating, some fingering, some love making. That's going to be on passionsonly.com. You can also find me on Twitter at Peter King, Produ1, P R O D U1. 
check me out on OnlyFans, Peter King Productions, Many Vids, Peter King Productions, X Videos, Pornhub, all Peter King Productions. So check me out there. Life is a learned experience. What's the point of experience? You ain't learn anything. Smoke that over. Thank you for coming to the lounge, man. All right, man. I really enjoy my time here. Can't wait to come back. No doubt. I did. Peace. Peace.